Bible tells us the story about a man named Joseph. Joseph was the son of Jacob, who would later be named Israel. And Joseph is one of those great, uh, mighty characters of the Old Testament. Today in Acts chapter 7, as we look at Stephen's sermon, uh, last week in the passage we looked at, Stephen referenced Abraham, Father Abraham, and today he's going to be talking about Joseph. And the thing that I want us to really understand is that whether we're talking about Moses, Abraham, Joseph, David, it, 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 all, it all points to Jesus. It's all, about, it's all about him. And so the story of Joseph basically goes like this. Joseph is, uh, out of 12 brothers, he's born very late in order. And so uh, his father absolutely loves him for, for two reasons. One, he was the son of his old age. And two, he was the son of his favorite wife. The Bible is very clear about that. And so his brothers, they, they despise Joseph because his father clearly loves him more. And so out of jealousy and envy, they decide to, to kill him. And then one of the brothers talks them out of killing him and instead selling him at, to slave in Egypt. Well, Joseph gets to Egypt and God was with him. And so God not only protects Joseph, but he blesses him. And so Joseph, through a series of events, he gets thrown into prison. And while he's in prison, he meets some very high-ranking officials in Pharaoh's court. And after correctly interpreting their dreams, they report this to Pharaoh. And eventually, uh, Joseph is brought before Pharaoh. And because he is able to tell Pharaoh his dream and interpret it for him, he is put second in command of all of Egypt. Foreseeing a famine, preparing for it, he saves the nation and saves his own family who comes to Egypt looking for food in the famine. And during these visits, it's the second visit when they understand that this man who's second in charge of all of Egypt is their brother, Joseph. But Joseph is not a vengeful person. Joseph is a forgiving and gracious and loving person. And so he forgives his brothers. He brings his whole family to Egypt and thereby saves all of the, what would become the, the tribes of Israel. And so that's the story of Joseph in a nutshell. Joseph is a picture of a suffering servant. That is, through his suffering, others are served. Joseph was rejected by his own, but God rescued him and God vindicated him by putting him in, him in command. But once Joseph was placed in command, his, his heart's desire was not to see revenge, but his heart's desire was to save people and to save his family. So through Joseph's suffering, others are saved. Well, does that remind you of anyone? It sounds a lot like Jesus, doesn't it? Jesus is rejected by his own. He suffers, and yet he's vindicated by God as he is raised from the dead. But, but his purpose is not to lord it over us. His purpose is to save us from our sin. This is, the, this is the point that Stephen makes as he appeals to Joseph in his sermon to the Sanhedrin. That God's desire was to save them through Jesus. But they rejected him as the Messiah. And now after having rejected him, he has been vindicated by God by being raised from the dead. The Bible says, declared by power through the spirit of holiness. By his resurrection from the dead. And his desire is to save us. And so I think it's important as we read these stories to think about who, who are we in the story? 
Uh, are, we the, uh, are we the jealous and envious brothers who cannot accept that, that God has called someone else to lead us? Are we the envious and jealous Pharisees and Sadducees that cannot accept that Jesus is the Messiah? You see, the reality is that we're faced with the same choice that they were. Do we believe that Jesus is the Christ? That is, do we believe that he's the one that God has promised, that God has sent to save us? Or, or shall we just keep trying to save ourselves through good deeds? The call that Stephen makes to the Sanhedrin to believe and trust in Christ and be forgiven of their sins is the same call that God makes to us today. And for those of us that may have at one point intellectually understood that Jesus was the Son of God, if we believe it and trust in him, then, then we need to live like he is the Son of God. Acts chapter 7, we're going to begin in verse 9 and read through verse 16. Would you join me in standing? We're in the middle of Stephen's sermon as we read this. Acts chapter 7, beginning in verse 9, here's what Stephen was preaching to the Sanhedrin. He says, And the patriarchs, jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who made him ruler over Egypt and over all his household. Now there came a famine throughout all Egypt and Canaan and great affliction, and our fathers could find no food. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent out our fathers on their first visit. And on the second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. And Joseph sent and summoned Jacob, his father, and all his kindred, 75 persons in all. And Jacob went down into Egypt, and he died, he and our fathers. And they were carried back to Shechem and laid in the tomb that Abraham had bought for a sum of silver from the sons of Hamor in Shechem. Let's pray together. Father, I pray today that you'd help us to understand why, why Stephen would recount this story of Joseph. And Father, I pray that the same point that he was driving home to the Sanhedrin, Father, I pray that we would understand it and hear it today. May we choose Jesus. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, sometimes people reject God's chosen leader. I think we see that over and over again throughout the Bible. But this is certainly the story of Joseph. The Bible says in verse 9 that we just read, And the patriarchs, jealous of Joseph. So the Bible tells us their motive. Jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt. You see, jealousy is what caused Joseph's brothers to sell him into slavery. If we go back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 37, it, it tells us of the story that I have summarized for you in the introduction to the sermon here. Verses 3 through 4, notice what it says. Now Israel, and, and, and that's Jacob, who his name was changed to Israel. This is his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age. So, so it wasn't just their perception that, that Joseph was loved more by his father. The Bible clearly says that he loved him more. And he made him a robe of many colors. And when his brothers saw that his, their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully 
to him. Joseph's brothers, they were, they were envious and they were, they were jealous. The Bible tells us about how Jesus was received by the religious leaders of his day. Mark chapter 15, it says, And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he's talking about the time when Jesus has been arrested, he's been brought before Pilate. Pilate doesn't want anything to do with Jesus. He understands that Jesus is innocent. And so he's trying to find a way out without stirring up the crowd because part of his job there is to keep the Jews under control and paying taxes to the Roman government. And so he doesn't need another Jewish revolt. He doesn't need all these problems with the Jewish leaders. And so he's trying to figure out a way to get out of what they want him to do, but yet not cause any more problems for himself. And so it says in verse 9, And he answered them saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? That's Jesus. And, And here's what it says, verse 10, listen to this. For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priest had delivered him up. The Bible says that Joseph's brothers were jealous of him. They were envious. That's why they sold him into slavery. And the Bible says that the the chief priests were envious of Jesus. That's why they delivered him up to to Pilate. John tells us about another episode in Jesus' ministry. We, We see this envy so clear. John 12, 19. So the Pharisees said to one another... You see that you're gaining nothing. That that is trying to squelch this Jesus movement. You see that you're gaining nothing. Look, the whole world is going after him. They're they're frustrated with the popularity and reception of Jesus. By the way, in John chapter 12, this is just after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Well, Joseph's brothers are envious and they're jealous and they sell him into slavery. The chief priests are envious and jealous of Jesus, so they hand him over to Pilate to be crucified. But when you look back at Joseph's story, you see Joseph was rescued by God. The Bible says in verse 9, And the patriarchs, jealous of Joseph, sold him into slavery. But listen to this. But God was with him and rescued him out of all his afflictions. I was thinking for a moment yesterday about this phrase there. It says, but God. We all know that but contrast two things and so what this statement does it contrasts what God is doing with what the patriarchs were doing that is Joseph's brothers who later become the patriarchs it's very significant that Stephen now refers to them as the patriarchs because his point is that Israel has rejected the Messiah just as Israel rejected their brother to be the leader over them but it doesn't matter that they rejected because it says but God you see, they, they rejected Joseph, but God delivered him. They desired to sell Joseph into slavery, but God made him second in command of all of Israel. That's a great reminder to us that God does not take his cues from mankind. And I, you may be at the point in your life, you, you feel like all the world is against you. And, and maybe it is. But God is for you. Whenever we come to a point in our life when when we feel like we just can't trust anybody else, but God is faithful. We may feel like there's not a person in this world that loves us, but God loves us. The Bible says in Genesis 50 verse 20, as Joseph was with his brothers, Joseph 
forgave his brothers, and, and they thought that it was really just kind of a charade for his father. And so when his father died, they, they went into a panic mode. They thought, now that our father's gone, Joseph's going to take out his revenge on us. And so they go on bending, begging and pleading with Joseph. And this is what Joseph says. Joseph says, as for you, talking to his brothers, you meant evil against me. And here's that phrase again. But God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10. It says, and we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. What we see in the story of Joseph, what we see in the story of Jesus is that mankind may have one evil desire, mankind might have one ambition, but God is up to something else. So the Bible says that they delivered Jesus over to be crucified, but God raised him from the dead. Friend, I assure you that Satan's desire for your life is to destroy you, but God's desire is to give you eternal we begin to trust and believe in God then we don't have to worry about what man's plans are for us we only worry about what God's plans are for us you see God exalted Joseph before his brothers the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 37 as Joseph is having dreams about what God is going to do in his life and he he shares this with his brothers the Bible says in Genesis 37 5 now Joseph had a dream And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And behold, my sheave sheave arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheave. His brother said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept this saying in mind. God revealed to Joseph through more than one dream that he would indeed rule over his family. I'm not sure it was the wisest thing to tell his brother. Some things are just best to keep to yourself. But they didn't receive his dreams very well. But yet God brought all of this to pass. In Acts chapter 7, verses 9 through 10, it says, And the patriarchs, jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him out of all his afflictions. And listen to this fulfillment of these dreams. And gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who made him ruler over Egypt and over all his household. Well, the same was true about Jesus, who was also exalted before those who rejected him 
Acts chapter 2, verse 36, Peter was preaching his sermon at Pentecost. And this is what Peter said. He said, all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. So sometimes people reject God's chosen leaders. Joseph was rejected by his brothers. Jesus was rejected by the Pharisees, the Sadducees. He was rejected by his own people. The Bible says he came to his own, but his own knew him not. He was rejected, but God was with him and raised him from the dead and exalted him to both Lord and Christ. You see, God will vindicate his, his chosen leader. In Acts chapter 7, look, look on with me at verses 11 through 13. It says, Now there came a famine throughout all Egypt and Canaan, and great affliction, and our fathers could find no food. But when Jacob heard that there was a grain in Egypt, he sent out our fathers on their first visit, and on the second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. Joseph's brothers saw everything that Joseph had shared with them through his dreams come true. They rejected him and they sold him into slavery, but God elevated him and made him second in command of all of Egypt. Along the way, while he was sold into Egypt, he was uh, sold into a house of a man named Potiphar. And God blessed everything that Joseph did. And even though he was a slave, everything he did prospered. And so Potiphar put him in charge of more and more things until finally Potiphar saw God's hand upon him and put him in charge of everything in his entire household. Potiphar's wife noticed Joseph and she wanted to sleep with him so she kept asking him and so one day she caught him in the house and and the Bible says that he he ran out of the house leaving his garment behind and when Potiphar came home his wife frustrated and probably embarrassed at the rejection of Joseph she tells Potiphar this this slave that you brought in her house tried to humiliate me and look he he left his robe, but I, I, I got away. And so Potiphar, being very powerful in Egypt, it only takes the word of his wife to send Joseph to prison for life. While Joseph's there in prison, that's when two of Pharaoh's officials, uh, they get sideways with Pharaoh, and he puts them in prison. But they have a dream, and Joseph interprets each one correctly. Later, as one was restored, as predicted by, Jesus, by Joseph through this interpretation of this dream, he tells Pharaoh about how Joseph can interpret dreams. And so Pharaoh brings him in, and Pharaoh says, can you tell me my dream? And Joseph tells him his dream and interprets it for him. And he interprets it accurately. And so Pharaoh elevates him and makes him second in command, second only to Pharaoh in all of Egypt. You know, have you ever thought about this? I wonder how the conversation went in Potiphar's house. I expect maybe it went something like this. Potiphar comes home one day and he says, Honey, do you remember that man that, that you accused of trying to rape you? And she probably said, Why, how can I forget? I, I can't believe that you would even bring him up. Why would you mention that name again and even bring him up at a time like this? Potiphar says, Well... Because tomorrow I'm going to report to him. Joseph was vindicated. 
he was vindicated. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, it's the, some of the apostles were brought in and said, If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but listen to this, whom God raised from the dead. By him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. The Bible says that as, as they apostles preached fearlessly before them, they constantly reminded them. We've looked at several of these passages today from Acts, where the early church preached, where they constantly reminded the Jews that the one that they had rejected, God had exalted and elevated. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. But listen to this one group of people that are mentioned specifically. Even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. Well, God vindicated Joseph and he vindicated Christ. The brothers that sold him into slavery had to one day come and bow before him. The religious leaders that turned Jesus over to be crucified, the Bible says that one day when he returns, even those who pierced him will look on him. But this is the amazing thing about God. He is gracious. Gracious. So many people have this idea that God is out to get them. But God is not out to get you. Satan is out to get you. God is out to save you. And just as Joseph in his grace forgave his brothers and saved his family, Jesus Christ as he hung on the cross, his desire was not to see hellfire fall on all those people, but his desire was to see them saved. The Bible tells us in verses 14 through 16 what happens with Joseph. It says, And Joseph sent and summoned Jacob, his father, and all his kindred, 75 persons in all. And Jacob went down into Egypt, and he died, he and our fathers. And they were carried back to Shechem and laid in the tomb that Abraham had bought for a sum of silver from the sons of Hamor in Shechem. The Bible says that, the, that all 75 people in that family came down and were saved, died of natural causes, and, and were later carried back and, and buried in honor in the tomb that Abraham had bought. Because Joseph was gracious and forgiving and through his suffering saved his family. Joseph could have taken revenge, but instead he forgave his brothers and he saved their lives. The Bible tells us that when Jesus hung on the cross, Luke 23, 34, it says, And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. Jesus, out of grace and mercy, through his suffering, simply desired to see the forgiveness and salvation of even those that drove the nails through his hands. And so Paul would write in Ephesians chapter 2, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he has loved us, even when we were dead and our trespasses made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved 
and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for Jesus who died for us. I thank you for Joseph, who though he was wronged so many times, never lost faith in you. Father, I pray that you'd help us too to be faithful to the end. And Lord, I pray if there's any person that's here, if there's any person that's watching or listening that has never come to trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. I pray that, Father, that right now they would call out to you in prayer and be saved. For it's in your Son's name that we pray. Amen. Well, as we've sung about this morning, read about in the Scriptures and proclaimed in the message, Jesus came and he died so that you can have life. And I want to ask you today, if you've never made your decision about Jesus Christ, would you choose this morning to trust in him? You see, the Bible says that we all have the same need. We've all sinned against God. The specifics are different, but the end result's all the same. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And this morning, if you were to pray to God and ask for forgiveness, he would answer your prayer, and he would forgive you. You and I, because of our sin, we're just, we're just as guilty as all those that handed Jesus over to Pilate. We're the very reason that that was necessary. But yet God's not desire, his desire is not to seek revenge upon us. His desire is to forgive us, to save us, and to give us a new life. And so I want to invite you this morning. If you've never prayed to receive Christ, when we begin to sing, would you just step out of your seat? Meet me at the front. I'll answer your questions to the best of my ability, and I'll pray with you and help you make a decision to trust in Christ. Maybe you're here today and uh, you're not a member of this church. you're looking for a new church home we would love to have you the only thing that you have to do to be a member of this church is put your faith in Christ and follow him in believers baptism so friend if you'd like to come today and join this church we welcome you maybe you're here today and you're a believer but there's something in your life that's just is not right God's convicted you about it he's speaking to you about it and you know you need to change. Why don't you just speak to God in prayer? You can pray in your seat. You can pray at the altar. Speak to God in prayer and commit to him to change, to be the person he's calling you to be. So, friend, whatever decision that you need to make, I want to invite you to make it right now as we sing. Let's stand together.